Runners. Welcome to another episode of the Coopcast. Uh, I'm actually going to put this episode out as a special bonus episode. Um, I've been extremely honored and humbled at the initial response to this podcast. Um, it was one of those things where I thought that, you know, if my friends and my mother would listen, I would consider, uh, I'd consider it a pretty good job. But we've got a ton of good feedback on social media, a ton of good feedback uh, in iTunes. And I wanted to really reward the listeners of this podcast uh, for all of their enthusiasm by putting out a special bonus episode that really plays along with the last episode that we had with uh, Western States 100 race director Craig Thornley and Western States 100 board member Tim Twightmeyer. Um, if you guys listen to that episode, you know that we only had one athlete out of our entire coaching group, one athlete out of the 48 athletes that, uh, that entered the Western States 100, make it through the lottery. And a lot of our coaches were, were really kind of bemoaning that. And so what I wanted to do is get together with another one of our CTS coaches, coach Adam St. Pierre. I went up to his home up in Boulder and, uh, we kind of discussed what happens next. What happens to these other 47, 47 other CTS athletes that we have, that we're hoping to run Western States and now are not. And a lot of people can really empathize with that position right now. And we go through just some, you know, basic steps of how to, how to lay your season out. And this is basically how I lay my coaching season out as well as I let the Western States 100 lottery unfold. And then all my athletes get their calendars together. <clears throat> and then I get my racing and support calendar together, uh, after that, uh, after that lottery transpires as well. So I hope you guys enjoy the episode. I hope you guys uh, get a lot of good practical information about out of it to uh, kind of design the rest of your seasons. But most importantly, I hope it kind of like lists you up and gives uh, the runners that uh, that did not get into the 2020 Western States 100 uh, something to look forward to and something to start to plan for and something to just really get excited about because there's a lot of awesome races out there. And you shouldn't let the fact that you didn't get into one race kind of ruin your season. Let's just keep the dream alive. Keep doing qualifying races. Keep doing things that excite you. I think that's a big uh, uh, big aspect of planning your year out is you have to do things that genuinely excite you. Uh, so I hope you guys get a lot out of this episode. And without any any further ado, here is my conversation about what to do next after you didn't get through the Western States 100 lottery with CTS Coach. Adam St. Pierre. The Western States Lottery. The Western States Lottery. Western States Lottery just happened this past weekend. Um, let's lay the groundwork a little bit. How many people were entered into the Western States Lottery? I think I saw 7,700 as the the total entrance number i'm looking at it right now 6664 okay i was and, up I, I was off i think you're <laughs> off by a thousand that's cool that's cool we'll, we'll warm up into it and so they draw out of those 6664 entrance 264 people plus 50 on the wait list plus 50 on the wait list now that's not the whole field size there's a lot of ways to win your way into western states right because you can win your way in top 10 from the previous year, get in their sponsor spots and things like that. But in terms of the lottery, which is kind of what we want to focus on right here, there's 264 spots that 6,664 people are applying for. 
So the rough math says that there's 6,400 some odd people, actually exactly 6,400. Whoa. 6,400 people that are crying in their Cheerios this morning. See, but I wonder, are all those people actually disappointed? Oh, that's a good question. Because the, the conversations I've been having with, with my athletes that did not get in, you know, they're not really disappointed because they didn't expect to get in. <laughs> they, didn't, they had low expectations. They, had, they, they went in you know, not expecting to get in, and they are therefore not disappointed. Well, um, so yeah, let's br- so let's bring that up. So it's a weighted lottery, and people with few tickets have less of a chance than people have have more tickets. Obviously, right? I think the the one ticket odd was was less than one percent this mm-hmm. year, like point eight seven percent. Pretty slim. Yeah, pretty slim. And there were let's see how many one ticket people there were. Let me pull this up really quick. Three thousand two hundred and fifty. So roughly half of the entire entrant pool were one ticket people. So a lot, a lot of one percenters. Yeah. They're one percenters, right? They're all entering on kind of one ticket. And so to, to, to kind of demonstrate how we as coaches can kind of like commiserate with these 6,300 some odd people that did not, that missed out on the lottery that are not into Western States. I asked our coaching staff to just give us their win loss ratio um, for their pool of athletes that entered the Western State Lottery, who got in, who didn't get in. And so, uh, Adam, let's kind of run down this list. I'm going to call the coach out. And if you can look at their win-loss record, <clears throat> you could you could do that part of it. So first off, me, what's my win-loss <laughs> record? Hold on, I'm pulling up. W- weren't you like 0 for 8? I'm 0 for, uh, So I was, I was 0 for 4. 0 for so 4. So I have four athletes that entered, that entered in the Western States Lottery, not one of them got in uh our next coach duncan callahan one of your uh one of your boys you've paced him at leadville before former leadville winner what's his win to loss ratio the the western stage lottery doesn't care if your coach has won leadville previously uh because he he was i think also oh for four. Oh, i got him at oh for five. Oh for five even yeah. worse yeah okay so that's duncan now we, next we have coach hillary allen one of your athletes I think she only had two that put in. Yeah. She's and none over, of them got in. Oh, for two. All right. So we're not doing very good so far. So three of our coaches, not one athlete has got in. Uh, coach John Fitzgerald, who's my uh, my wife's coach. He's one of the first coaches I hired. How'd John do? Hey, he ran Western States a couple years ago. Yeah, that's right. Did, did pretty, pretty well. Good. Did pretty good. And, and he paced uh, he paced Ged at Western States yeah. last year. Did pretty well. Uh-huh. Uh, but his athlete still didn't get in. Nope. Not no. a single one. Fitz was 0 for, 0 for 7. Poor guy. All right. Uh, it keeps getting worse. Coach Corinne Malcolm, top 10 finisher from last year. She actually declined her, her automatic entry. Uh, one of your athletes as yeah, well. She's got, she's got other plans for the year. Other plans but for the year. But it was a year. tough decision to, to decline that auto entry. Yeah. You know, well, a, I mean, that's we a coveted see, thing. Yeah, exactly. It's so coveted. So she had 10 athletes enter the lottery. How many of those athletes got in? The number of Corinne's athletes that did not get in is equal to the place she ran at Western oh, Stage the past two years. That's really convoluted. <laughs> so what is that? So that means 10 did not get in. Okay. Corinne was over 10. So, so far we got me, Duncan Callahan, Hillary Allen, John Fitzgerald, Corinne Malcolm. What about AJW? All, no, no, no. I'm going to go through those guys. Okay. I'm just going through it to, 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 to date. All with goose eggs. Next coach, Coach Chantel. She got nobody. Nobody. Over four. Next coach, perennial 
Western States finisher, Andy Jones Wilkins. Yeah, nada. So that doesn't even matter. The fact that Andy's finished the race 10 times, he's finished as high as second. He, he's announced at the finish line. He's He lives that race. No. He, li- he lives that race. He was 0 for 8. I guess, you know, it's nice to know that there is, there's absolute transparency in this lottery. Yeah, it doesn't care who you are, who your coach is. Like, it's, it's luck of the draw, okay. at least for those 264 spots. So the last coach on here, Adam St. Pierre. That's me. That's you. What was your record? My, my numbers are a little unclear uh, because as, as I've found out in the last couple of days, I had a lot of athletes put in that didn't tell me they put in, um, which is kind of an interesting discussion we can have a little bit later. But I, uh, I, I had one athlete get in through the lottery. Um, she did not tell me she put in for the lottery. Um, so I, it was kind of a cool surprise when, when my other athletes were texting me, hey, Dream, I got in. Um, so that's kind of fun uh, that I will have one athlete towing the line at Western States. Um, I have another athlete who, who won the raffle last year. So I'll actually have two on the line. Mm, different way to get in. Different way to get in. Um, and then maybe a handful of others might, uh, might win a way in. But yeah, I had uh, you know, one athlete win through the lottery and at four others that I knew of put in for the lottery, not get in. Um, and then it turns out I had, had four additional athletes who did put in for the lottery, uh, but did not get in. Okay, so this is pretty abysmal. So, so here's, here's the, the sentence uh, from an athlete I did not know put in for the lottery uh, I got uh, just this morning. Like 99.99% of people that entered the Western Lotto, I didn't get in. No surprise there. <laughs> so that's how a lot And then the feel. email goes on to like, so what else am I going to do with my, my 2020? Where am I going to get my qualifier so I can mm-hmm. put in again in 2021? Um, and I've got, yeah, a no, number of those emails to respond to. Okay. We're going to get to those. So the record is I was 0 for 4. Coach Duncan was 0 for 5. Coach Hillary was 0 for 2. Coach John Fitzgerald was 0 for 7. Coach Corinne Malcolm was 0 for 10. Coach Chantel was 0 for 4. Coach AJW was 0 for 8. And Coach Adam St. Pierre was 1 of 8, which brings our collective total to one athlete out of 48. That let, let, let that sink in. One athlete collectively out of our entire coaching group, out of the 48 athletes that entered the Western States lottery, got in. That is close to a 2% chance. Yeah, those... those those odds are not good. No, those those are not, not all-star numbers. Like those are, you know, borderline getting sent to the minors. No, so I was terrible. <laughs> I was actually floored when I, when I added all this up at the end of the day, the fact that we could have near, nearly 50 athletes enter the lottery and one make it through the process is ju- I mean, it's just outstanding. Well, it, it's particularly odd because two years ago we had like 20 athletes yeah. collectively. Yeah. Um, so it's just, yeah, just just luck of the draw. And we'll probably have by my back of the napkin kind of calculation, we'll have maybe maybe 10 or 12 cuz we'll get new athletes that got into the lottery that want coaching, want to do Western States the right way. They'll come on board for that process of of going to Western States. We'll have, also have athletes race their way in. Right? Yeah. You're talking about a couple of your athletes yep. that are going to try to race their way in. I have an athlete Casey who's already in. I have a couple athletes that are going to try to race their way in as well. And so that, that'll go up. And I think we'll have 10, 12 athletes maybe at the end of the day that, uh, uh, that, we're, that we're representing out there. But out of our current athlete pool, this one out of 48 is like, I've never, I never thought that, that 
we'd be in this position as a coaching staff to have to deliver so many like boohoo yeah. messages and get athletes back on the right track. No pressure on Dreama. Yeah, no pressure on Dreama. You're <laughs> the old Dreama. I know you're going to be listening to this. You are you as of right now. You're the sole lottery representative of all of the CTS athletes. No pressure at all. You're still going to crush it, and she will because she's awesome. Oh yeah, We're, we'll we'll be ready. Okay, so now let's get down to the meat and potatoes of everything. We all have these, we have all of these athletes, nearly 50 of them that are, like I said earlier, they're crying in their Cheerios this morning. And Western States has become like this lighthouse for a lot of athletes to try to get to, right? It's like a beacon out there that they all want to have that experience of running that race one year. And it's harder and harder and harder to get into. And as coaches, we now have to make sure that our athletes can still like stay on that track if that's something that they eventually want to do. And now is the time that they have to now, now that there is a definite, yes, I am. Yes, I'm in or no, I'm not in. And the majority of those people are no, I'm not in the vast majority, the vast majority of them are no, I'm not in. Take me through what you've been hearing from your athletes and kind of the counsel that you've been giving them after this process has kind of run its course. So, I mean, often the first the first step is the, the what next. Um, and for many athletes who don't get into to Western States, the what next is, okay, I need a qualifier for the year. Um, so then you scan the calendar and see what qualifiers look interesting and what fits into your kind of your calendar, your schedule, and, and then you sign up. I don't, I don't know if it happens quite yet is when those qualifiers then start to fill up immediately following the Western States lottery. Um, So it requires a fair amount of pre-planning. Like you can't really wait to the last minute to register for a Western States qualifier. Um, You kind of have to jump on it right, right now. It's kind of a circular problem because a lot of those races will fill up even before the Western States lottery ends because people like your athlete that you just mentioned, they're anticipating not getting in and therefore needing another qualifier. So they enter the qualifying races kind of preemptively. Right. And then wait for the uh, wait for the lottery to unfold and to which they inevitably don't get in. And then they already have their qualifier set. Right. Um, and then the people who did wait for the lottery might be might be, you know, up, up a creek without a paddle. Um, I mean, Hard Rock yeah. had a had a similar issue where right. they had such a relatively small list of qualifying events that eventually you couldn't get into your qualifying events. Um, so like your whole race planning process has to happen, uh, immediately before and, and immediately after, you know, those, those first weekend of December lotteries. Do you have any athletes that are genuine, genuinely upset about the fact that they're a two time loser or a three time loser or a four time loser, or even a five time loser? Cause there are a lot of those, when you look at the statistics, there are a lot of people out there that are five, six, seven time losers. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think I have anyone genuinely upset crying in their Cheerios. You know, there, there are some people who are disappointed um, and you know, people who want to run this race. But I don't think I have any athletes for whom running Western States is... There's a lot of people who want to do it, but like, I don't think I have anyone you know, who's truly devastated about not getting in. I think frustrated might be a better word. Frustrated. Because I, 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 I mean, personally, I have athletes that I coach and I know other people that I don't coach that have just been applying for this race that have been on the sidelines and Hard Rock's the same way. They've been on the sidelines for four or five, six years waiting to get into the race. And 
each year that frustration gets amplified each year that they have to wait on the sideline that frustration gets amplified and it's it's like it's becoming harder and harder to kind of like counsel them through that because like i said this race in particular western states and hard rocks another example but it's become such a big thing for people to get into and to have that experience. It's a, you know, the cliche it's once iconic. in a lifetime, it's iconic once in a lifetime type of deal. And every year that they have to wait in the wings, it's just harder and harder. Well, especially, you know, given kind of the way the math works and the fact that you know, the, the number of first year applicants is increasing so much and the number of people with multiple tickets is increasing. Like you're, you're, your chance doesn't necessarily improve by getting more tickets. True. True. Um, so it's, yeah, there's definitely some frustration out there. Um, I, I, I have a hard time uh, kind of counseling. I'm, I'm sort of a stoic, right? Like, <laughs> oh, you didn't get into Western States. Here are Fine. the facts. Like, yeah, move on, yeah. <laughs> right? Quit, quit it. Um, I, I carry that over from my, my parenting. Um, <laughs> you didn't get your way deal with it do you know of anybody or do you have any of your athletes that are like now disillusioned at the prospect of trying to get in i haven't specifically discussed it but but i don't think so you know i think most of my athletes see it as it's still sort of this like this like city on the hill that you want to visit someday um and and they'll just keep playing the game and keep putting in until they get a chance to do it um you know last year i had or i guess two years ago i had a, a, a married couple that got in that's um, right. And what are the chances of, of, you know, two people in the same household getting in? Um, you know, that must be uh, some type of the like the stars and the blue moon aligning. But um, yeah, I, I think for for many people, it's it's, it's I want to run Western States someday, and if I have to play the game for four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years, then then so be it. That's what they do. Maybe so. I'm going to have uh, the Western States uh, race director Craig Thornley on the podcast. Uh, in a couple of days and I'm hoping to release both of these episodes within close proximity or even on back-to-back days. I wonder if he can give me the statistics on how many two, three, four year uh, people that have applied that haven't gotten in drop out of the process. That would be interesting to see that. <clears throat> yeah. The, the number of people who just give up either. Yeah. Either because they can't get a qualifier, right? They get hurt or something happens and they can't get a qualifier in for that year or they just say, screw it. I'm not playing the game anymore. That, that, yeah. that would be interesting to know. Yeah. That would, you could call that the, like the DQ, the disillusionment quotient. Ooh, I like that. Um, but at the same time, yeah, the, there's, the, there's a lot of nuance to the lottery. Okay. So we've gone through these athletes that haven't gotten in. You're taking the approach of let's just get another qualifier. Yeah. Right. Just, just, just keep playing move, the game. Like suck it up. Put your big boy and big girl pants on. Quit your crying and, if you're crying. Yeah, exactly. Move on. Let's get another. Qualifier. I'm not. I'm not one to complain. Like these are the rules. They're clearly stated. Like everyone abides by them. Uh, you know, it's the other. The other thing. <laughs> I've talked to a couple athletes. Uh, I had a guy. I haven't talked to him about this yet, but he just ran 237 at uh, Calendar National Marathon. Um, I got two texts from him this weekend. One was on Saturday night, no Western States for me. One was on Sunday morning. Like I just ran 237, which was a huge PR. Um, but like, all right, well, rather than play the lottery, maybe we should just keep training and try to win a spot. There you go. I, um, I think that's a really good The, the, the time course, course let's, let's is, yeah. is probably similar. Like maybe it takes another two years to, to train to that level. Um, but maybe it takes another six years through the lottery. 
So, so are you going to have him try to target a golden ticket race? Because that actually is he could he could nab one depending yeah. upon how the field <laughs> shakes out with that type of marathon PR. I mean, that's in the range of what a lot of those people are doing. Yeah, we'll we'll see. This year, he's already got plans. You know, he was one where he put in for the lottery and he already had another hundred miler booked. Yeah, um, and he already had plans for the year, and it was it was one of those. Well, if I get in, you know, I'll adjust my plans yeah. <laughs> um, because it's Western states, and right. you want to run it once. Um, but I think so many people who do that. Yeah. I think for, you know, for, for moving forward, we might, we might target something for 2021. Cool. You mentioned some of the anomalies and there are those out there, right? The husband and wife that got in on the same year. I mean, God, I mean, somebody do a regression. Yeah. We need the statistics. That's, that's crazy. One of my training partners, uh, in Colorado Springs got in two consecutive years on one ticket. Yeah. What are the chances? Uh, Like, you know on both years so one percent times one percent or one percent how's that math work somebody go figure that out and hit me up on social media but anyway the odds are the odds are extremely low in both of those cases and i mean i think it goes to show that it is in fact a true lottery yeah i for think the, for those 268 spots or whatever it is yeah there, there's there's ways in outside of the lottery but i think what a lot of people can respect about Western states is that the lottery is is clear and transparent. Well, and trans- rules transparency, are out there. Transparency is actually key, and that's something that Western states does that Hard Rock does not do. Right? Hard Rock has five race director entries that they can do, that they can kind of pull for whoever they yeah. can give it to one of their friends, they can give it to an elite athlete, whoever they want to do, and they they don't disclose that. They don't disclose who they give those uh, those entries entries to publicly specifically because they don't want that person to feel bad. Right. Which I've always thought is a really interesting tact. And I, I, I mean, Dale, I'm not saying anything that's not public. Dale Garland, the race director for, uh, for hard rock has mentioned this several times and that's, that's the rationale. And I know that rubs a lot of people the wrong way. And that's not the, the point of this discussion, but I think that we can all appreciate the fact that everybody who is in the Western States, 100, who's going to toe the line, we know how they got there. We know who got in from a sponsor spot. We know who got in from the lottery. The top 10 are, you know, are obvious. We know who got in through the raffle tickets. I mean, all of those are very clearly displayed on the entrance list. And if anything, that helps the whole boohoo aspect of this, right. like knowing that it's a fair product. Now you might disagree with how the lotteries run and how many spots are open up for sponsors and things like that. But the fact that you know where everybody's coming from, I think offers a little bit of sense of fairness. Right. Yeah. I think it, it seems like a fair lottery where, you know, a lot of people will gripe about the hard rock lottery um, and, and the way it's structured. You know, people will gripe about the Leadville lottery, the UTMB lottery, you know, their qualification systems and how, you know, everything's a, a, a points chase or a money grab. Um, but the Western States lottery is, is nothing if not fair. Um, yeah. Clear and transparent. Clear, Yeah, clear Maybe and transparent. Yeah, fair, fair is going to be in the eye of the beholder, yeah, true, true. right? Because some people are going to say, oh, well, you know, I, I deserve to be in after seven years or <laughs> I deserve to be in after this qualification or that qualification or whatever. So fair is going to be in the eye of the beholder, but clear and transparent, I think is a, it's a good thing for everybody. I mean, you can look at uh, look at the Boston marathon and how, you know, interest in Boston running Boston has exploded and how they've, they've made their qualification times faster um, and, and tried to keep it a, a fast, fast event. And you know, maybe that's something Western States would want to look at. Um, it, might not be a popular decision and it might be incredibly difficult to implement given the variety of courses. But you know, if that's, if that's the direction they want to go, 
uh, they they certainly could. Yeah, it's a tough proposition, and that's something that I want to that I that I'm definitely going to ask Craig about uh, when I get him on the podcast because you know there's only so many levers you can pull to reduce this. Yeah, I, I use this phrase a lot, but I'm going to give credit where credit's due. So my my good friend and Leadville uh, Trail 100 race director Ken Clover used to always call this the the yippee to boohoo ratio. <laughs> and and um, I, I would I would I've been there in his office when they've drawn the lottery for the mountain bike and back when they just would spread out the entries on a big table and they'd throw the yeses into you know one box over here and the nose you know into the other box over there. So it was very much a randomized you know randomized single ticket type of uh, type of lottery process. But he would always call that ratio the yippee to boohoo ratio, and he and he felt that if they could keep that on the level of 10 to 1. So for every 10 people that they were disappointing, they were saying yippee to one person. That's about the upper limit of what that they they could tolerate from a PR standpoint for the longevity of the race, for the health of the field, the health of the Leadville Trail 100 and things like that. And that that's Ken's yeah, I wonder Anecdotal. if there's any, any sociology research behind that. Yeah, I, I don't know, but but I think suffice it to say, <laughs> Western states has surely outstripped that ten to one that ten to one ratio over the last few years. For sure, that's crazy. I ran Western states in in 2011. Um, it was my first hundred miler. Um, I How put did in, you get in? I put one ticket. One ticket. I did a 50 miler as a qualifier in in 2010, and and I put in. Uh, I had already registered for Leadville, so I honestly put in hoping to run it in 2012. Uh, but when I got in, I I went and ran it. Um, so like I I'm one of those people that that put in for Western States, hoping not to run it, but I ho- wanted to make use of the the two time loser rule, yeah. um, which then got changed I think in 2012. Um, so I I've always been sort of lucky with lotteries. Let's talk about that skill. Let's talk about that concept of putting into a lottery before you're ready. Because this is one of the elements uh, of criticism with the current lottery system that Western states has, and to a lesser extent, Hard Rock, where a lot where the criticism will go along the lines of a lot of athletes are putting into the Western states lottery before they are ready to run the Western states 100, and because of that, it floods the applicant pool with too many people, and it's an unsustainable model. Yeah. I mean, I almost think that's that's looking as if the only reason to run Western States is if you're trying to win it and break the course record, as in like you want to be ready for Western States. You know, if you've run 100K as a qualifier, you're, you're probably ready sure. or, or you could be ready with, you know, six months of lead time. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I don't think that's necessarily an argument of, of being ready. Um, I think it's more the, the, the way the lottery is set up and the fact that Western States is sort of this, you know, this, this checkbox, this bucket list thing that, that so many ultra runners want to do. Um, and you end up having to, to put in for the lottery for, for athletes that you work with that come to you and say, Hey, eventually I want to run Western States. What do you counsel them to do? Do you counsel them to start getting in right yeah. away? Start, start playing the game. Yeah. That's exactly what I do. I mean, when I have an athlete that comes to me and says, Hey, I want to, I want to run Western States one day. It's okay. First, you check off the list. Okay, can you, you know, are you capable of running a hundred mile or in that type of time frame? Okay, yes. And then it's start playing the game yeah. as early as find possible. a qualifier. And sometimes that's a four, five, yeah, six year be process. a multi year process or a one year process, yeah. as we found out, or or perhaps yeah, getting even longer. Huh. So, 
it, it, like I said, it creates this interesting proposition where a lot of athletes are entering Western states. I would, I would put it as the earliest possible moment. Yeah. So the earliest possible moment that they could, that they even meet the minimum qualifying standards for the Western States 100, they're putting in. And there's a lot of those people out there. I mean, there's, you know, 3,250 of them that for the very first year, they met that minimum qualifying standard. And some of them are going to have higher standards than that. Or some of them are going to have like uh, more exhaustive or more comprehensive qualifications than the minimum standard for Western States. But they're all putting in in that in that very first year and hoping to get that like less than one percent chance. It, it'd be interesting to see the breakdown of of qualifications. You know, how many of those yeah. people put in having run you know a hundred k as their longest race ever? Um, how many of those people put in you know having run hundred milers or or multiple hundred milers? You know, what is the 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 experience of those first year applicants? Um, I, I don't think it necessarily. I don't think having you know, not run a hundred miler necessarily makes you less ready to run Western States. Um, it's not that, you know, Western States has some unique challenges, but it's not like it's an incredibly difficult course. Um, it's not a, you know, it's, it's not a 48 hour hundred miler. Um, it's a, it's a good hundred miler. Um, but it's not something where you need to have, you know, 20 hundred milers under your belt to, to go run Western States. Well, and that's another element of the qualification system that I think a lot of people are, you know, second guessing or kind of questioning right now is the difficulty of the entry standards. Because one of the ways you could, you know, get this yippee to boohoo ratio kind of back in line is tighten up the qualification standards. Make sure that fewer than six. I'm going to look up the number here again. Six thousand six hundred and sixty-four people are applying to the lottery, and then therefore, let's just say there's three thousand people applying to the lottery for two hundred and sixty-four spots. That could make a big difference in the perception of you know how successful you could actually be in this lottery. Now, the practicality of narrowing down those entry requirements is pretty exhaustive because you know Western states has been pretty progressive on. They want qualifiers on the East Coast. They want them on the West Coast. They want them in Central. They want to, you know, they want people to be able to apply to their lottery. So it's this fine balance of having enough qualifiers out there and making the kind of the barrier to entry like low enough to where people can get in, but also not so low that they're getting flooded more right. th- more so than they already are. Well, and I think you know they want to make sure that everyone who gets in has a chance to finish. Um, and I think the qualification standard, like having you know, all applicants have to have run at least a hundred K. Um, I think that's fair. You know, I almost wonder if it would be worthwhile to, to bump that qualification standard to a hundred miles, but, uh, increase the, the number of qualifiers, like pretty much make any, any documented hundred mile race, a qualifier, mm. um, instead of a specific list of, of, of races. Um, and I wonder if that would help alleviate some of the, the problem, but I think it's still a temporary solution. Yeah, I, I, it's always going to be a math game, and as and as we've seen the evolution of this go to go from open lottery to the two time loser to this you know weighted lottery right now that rewards you know longevity of of entering into the lottery process every two or three years just based on the sheer number of people that are coming into the space of ultra running, it's going to need to be reevaluated. We're going to have to go through the same math problem three years from now, if not next year, and then another math problem three years from then, another math problem three years from there. They should just just... make the race less cool. People don't want to (laughs) do it. There you go. There's the idea. Make Western States suck again. Stop manning the (laughs) gauge station so well and and stop 
you know, stop providing ice. Maybe if they stop providing ice, no one will want to go run. Well, okay. You bring <laughs> up a really good point, Adam. This is a luxury problem for ultra running to have. Yeah. The fact that we have a coolest shit race that a lot of people want to do. It's recognized around the world, even outside of our silly little sport of trail and ultra running. The fact that that exists, right? The fact that there is this beacon out there that people can, you know, turn towards, uh, you know, once a year from squad to Auburn. I think is a, I think is a really cool thing, and there's and and there's a reason why the race has been so successful at at, at attracting all these applicants because it is a cool race. Yeah. It does look accessible. You do have a lot of aid station. There is a lot of ice out there on course. I mean, two, two what was the really hot year? Was it two years ago? Two years, or three, ago. two years ago during the really hot year, I actually was sitting down with Craig just kind of casually the day before the race, just after he ordered more ice. Yeah. And it was an inordinate, it was like 700, like 700 pounds of additional ice, not just the ice that they already had pre-planned. He found another source and said, <laughs> okay, we're going to go get more ice. And I use that. I, I think that's just a good point to illustrate like the care that the race organization is going to take of the athletes that are participating. They want people to finish. And that's reflective to a large part. It's reflective of the actual finisher rate, which is good by 100 mile standards. Right. I mean a 30 30 hour cutoff is not generous. No, for a hot race like that. For, with, yeah, for a race with all yeah. those confounding variables, it's got climbing, it's got descending. Um yeah, they they want people to finish. And and when people get into western states, they generally take it pretty seriously. Yeah. Um and and they go finish. Yep. Um because you don't want to be the the one who doesn't finish and then you know, everyone who didn't get in hates you. Yeah. I mean, it's like a, when it, I got into hard rock, all my buddies were like, well, you better finish because I didn't get in. Yeah. And there you go. If you, if like, if you DNF, then that's disrespectful for yep. all those people that didn't get in. Yep. Depending upon the year, it's an 80 ish percent yeah. finish rate, right? Just depending upon any, any number of variables. And you compare that to Leadville, which you've already mentioned a couple of times, which has a 50 ish. Yeah. 40 to 50. Yeah. I mean, it's so once again, speaking to, the fact that it's meaningful, I think that plays a big part in it, but also the fact that there are these qualifier races, which Leadville does not have, right? So you're already attracting what I would consider seasoned ultra runners. All of those things kind of play into the races. I think it's more successful than it should be if they if all of those variables were removed. Meaning I think if they just went to a one ticket lottery system. Everybody has an even chance with no qualifiers, which a lot of races do now. Leadville's actually going to do that. They did that last year. I think they're going to do it again this year. Open lottery system, no qualifications. You don't get an 80-ish percent finish rate. You get certainly less than that, probably on the order of 70 to 60%. Yeah. No, I think that's, that's a fair statement. Okay. So we've gone kind of through these two steps. The first one is the stochaic step of, of Adam just, Hey, you got to get your, you got to kind of get your qual, you got to get your qualifier in. And the second step is, is okay, let's go ahead and start to train and prepare for that qualifying race. Let's talk a little bit about how athletes should think about the whole totality of the proposition of eventually running the Western States 100, because it could take, it's almost like an Olympic cycle, yeah. right? If you want to think about it like that, it could take three to four or five years. And so when you're working with athletes that have this goal of, I want to enter West, or I eventually want to do Western States, you know, it is likely a multi-year proposition. How do you settle them into preparing for that and making sure they understand what kind of goes into that? I mean, my like general coaching philosophy is is pretty long term athlete development focused. Um, I would say most of the athletes uh, I, I've worked with and have worked 
uh, the most successfully with are athletes that are they're in it for the long haul. You know, running is a, a lifestyle, um, and and ultra running is their their expression of that lifestyle. Um, I think it's it's harder to to work with an athlete who's more event focused. Like, hey, I got into the Western States Lottery. Um, I, I want to do Western States. Whereas a lot of the athletes, even the ones I put that put in for the Western States Lottery that I work with, you know, they the Western States lottery and, and, and running fits into their, their lifestyle. So it's kind of like we're, we're approaching this as we're going to be running for the next 20 to 30 years. We'd like to run Western States some, somewhere in that some time point frame. along that time frame. So we just got to keep plugging away. And, you know, uh, maybe you've got a, a list of other races that you know, maybe happen to be Western States qualifiers that, you know, you want to plug through, uh, along the way. So, um, yeah, we just kind of roll with it. Um, move on, find, find the next, the next thing. I'm sure there are these people out there, but I don't have any, and I haven't encountered any athletes in my coaching practice where Western States is this thing that is, that is, uh, so prevalent or so present in their kind of running life that it's the only thing that matters. I I did have an athlete, um, must, must've been a couple of years ago who, he came to me. He was a former college track athlete, and he said, "I want to win Western States." It's like, okay, cool. Um, and then I found out that he knew absolutely nothing about trail running or, or ultra running. <laughs> That's different. So it's like, Let's just be a step naive. one. We got to get into the race. Oh, okay. What's that mean? Um, Let's so, just be a naive. <laughs> um, I think they, there are some people out there who they you know they see something about Western States, they get inspired, and that that might be what gets them into ultra running. Um, and if that gets you into ultra running and then you find all these other great races because they're qualifiers and that leads you to these other great races and these other great experiences, then I don't think that's the bad thing, you know, to have, uh, like we were talking about Western States, to have this awesome, cool race that everyone wants to do. Um, we just have to make sure that the, the downstream effects, um, aren't, aren't negative, you know, yeah. that well, it's not when, a turnoff. When I've had athletes that have like a hyper focus on this, Great. Let's use that to fuel your passion. That's right. the first thing. But I always, I always take a step back and ask them, okay, why, why is that so meaningful to you? And for a lot of them, it's just the cachet yeah, of the totally. actual event themselves, and and that's that's uh, that's absolutely relevant. They want to be there. They want to see the scene. They want to yeah. be on the start line with you know the the, the Jim Wamsleys and the the, the Claire Gallagher's, yeah. and they want to. Yeah, they want to run that historic route. They want to get the nice sponsor swag. Yeah, and so so what I do is I usually try to get them out there in a crewing or pacing capability or capacity, just to kind of get them used to it. They get to see the you know they get to see the course, and also go do the training camp. Right, that's yeah. a great way to see the course and to meet the people the, that the are. Course part of the course is open year round. Yeah, of course you don't have to go to the training camp. The course is the course is open year round. Um, but then kind of kind of after after we kind of check those two things i really try to settle people into the fact that it could be a long term proposition and run through run the scenario through your mind if we're sitting here i'm still coaching you 5 years from now and you haven't gotten into western and you're states a, you're a 15 year loser yeah and you're 15 years loser like what is going to fulfill your running life in between now and then and I, I mean i've just found that that most people while while this whole proposition of doing Western States is a big thing, it may be the pinnacle of what they what they'll do. It's not the only thing, right? And they're fulfilled in other areas. Yeah, I I, I don't think I've ever met an athlete for whom Western States is the one and only. But they're, they've got to be out there. I I don't know. 
I, I think that they're out there somewhere because there's, I mean, I don't know. It's just whenever you've got something that's on that high of a pedestal, you'll have people that put it in a category where it's the only thing that matters. Mm. Like the, like, like Kona and the Ironman world and yeah. oh, Boston and the road marathon. world. Yeah. I mean, that a lot of those things, like if they can't get into it, they're destroyed. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Boston's a little weird because it is largely performance based. Right. Um, whereas, you know, Western States doesn't have a, have a performance standard. You just have to have finished the qualifier. Yeah. And those performances for the Boston marathon, if we're, if we want to use that as a blueprint for what could become of Western States, the performances get harder and harder to meet. Yeah. Are, yeah. are they going to have like a, like a vapor fly <laughs> factor now that all of these performances I mean, are getting improved they're by gonna like have 4%? To. They're going to have to because... I'd never thought about that until just now. Yeah, because, I mean, performances are getting faster. More people are going to meet their performance standard. You know, everyone who needed a 305 and was running a 306, you know, they get the vapor flies and they're running a 301. I cannot believe I, just, I didn't think about that until right now. The field of Boston Marathon qualifiers because of this one shoe yeah, is going to throw a monkey well. wrench. It's going to throw a monkey wrench into um, the whole system. And I mean, yeah. That's it's, great because there's so many people that are on the... One, two, three percent on the other side of the right. qualifying line. Yeah. Like the holy crap. My my athlete who just ran two thirty seven at CIM, you know, based on his workouts, I thought he was in two forty three shape. Um, and he had vapor flies. But yeah, he hasn't been doing his workout and his vapor flies. Oh and, that's and hilarious. I thought I thought, you know, best case scenario with your vapor flies two thirty nine. But no, he blasted a two thirty seven. Oh my god. All right, that's the debate for another day. We'll talk the about cheater Boston flies. But, you know, cheater flies. Yeah. I, I mean implementing any sort of like time or performance based qualification standards is going to be almost impossible in, in trail and ultra running. Yeah. Or like years, if, yeah. if it's based on time, then you're, you're going to see a swelling in, in track events yeah. or, uh, or the super flat, you know, hundred Ks or hundred milers. Um, and then you've got to have age graded standards as well. So, yeah. um, I don't think that is a, a direction that the race can really go, um, without imp- opening up a whole new can of worms. Yeah. Okay, let me ask you kind of a couple tough questions on the on the lottery and the I love tough states. questions. All right, we'll get I'll give them to you then. A little bit unfair, right? Because we don't have any say or sway over what the race actually does. But I think it's a little bit relevant because you know, as coaches, we've got our fingers on the pulse of the athletes that are trying to you know qualify for these types of races. With the current lottery and entry system that Western states has right now, what do you think is missing? Like, what do you think is missing from that whole equation that they could do to improve their race field, balance it out, make it more equitable, decrease this boohoo to yippee ratio? What's out there? I mean, I'm, maybe this is a cop out answer, but I, I think they do a pretty good job. You know, they balance having that's not they, a cop out answer. They, they balance having the competitive entries. Like, yeah, it's going to have an elite field because there's you know, 60 to 80 tickets available to elite athletes. You know, they can win them in golden ticket series races. They can, uh, you know, win them by having been top 10 the year before their sponsor entry. So Western States, you know, reserves uh, a a top field. Um, I 100% agree. The the remaining lottery spots, like I I think it's kind of fair, you know, like you just got to play the game. It's their rules. It's their, it's their race. It's their rules. Follow them and play the game. And, sometime you, you might get lucky. I, I agree. I agree with almost all of what you just said. What do you think I should press Craig on when I bring him on the podcast? I mean, it'd be interesting to hear what discussions they're having. Like, are they thinking of Within changes the board. or are yeah. they, are they running through, 
you know, scenarios like, can we make it better? What would make it better? Um, you know, there's some interesting discussion out there, like what do they want the remaining, you know, they've got those, you know, the, essentially the elite spots are, are sort of taken care of, uh, based on the current system, but what do they want the remaining entrance to be? Do they want it to be a lot of first timers? Do they want it to be a lot of veterans? Do they want it to be men? Do they want it to be women? Do they want it to be international? Do they want it to be all Californians, you know? Um, and if they want to, to manipulate that field somehow, then they can change the lottery however they want. It's their right. It's their race. Um, I, mean, I, I think right now it's, I think it's as fair as it can be. Yeah. I, I tend to agree with you. I, I would kind of have two points. I think that the, the, and, I, and I'll ask Craig about this in all fairness. So I'm just on the other end of the mic here spouting things off that I'm not there therefore responsible for. But, but the first thing is, is the sponsor entries. Like I think that that needs to get corralled a little bit. And if you, if you took 10 sponsor entries away, that's not going to make a dent in the yippee to boohoo ratio because there's so many people flooding it. But sponsor entries using their entries to put elite athletes into the field, I think needs to have stricter qualifications because I've seen all too often sponsors give their entries away to athletes that don't impact the race. And you can never assure that yeah. getting get. And I've said this on numerous podcasts many times. It is really hard to get high quality fields to unfold, especially in ultra running. So it's not always a given, but I think some sort of some sort of corral on that would be would be beneficial. And then the second thing is is I I just really wish that well I'll put it I'll actually I'm going to expand this into two areas because they're not one and the same. I I really wish that there were more women represented after the lottery field. I think I need to double check this math, but I think it was seventeen percent of the of the people that got chosen through the lottery were women. And that's just not it's not it's not representative of the current state of participants in ultra running. Right. And that's the second part of it. I wish somehow that the lottery field was more, it doesn't have to be exactly but more representative of ultra running's current demographics. Because if the Western States field, which is once again, it's this big, bright, shining light out in the distance. If Western States is constantly behind the times and representing the current demographics of the sport, it holds the sport back from progressing. And I, I think that that's bad. I think you're absolutely right. You know, it's kind of like the, the Spider-Man quote with great power comes great responsibility. Is that Spider-Man? Well, that's where I saw it. All right. We'll give it a spot <laughs> Maybe it was someone else. I think it was like Star Wars or something. Was it? Yeah. Anyway. Um, but I mean, Western States is sort of this like shining city on the hill. You know, it's, it's an example for, for ultra running. And uh, I think they've done a really good job of, of being forward thinking in many ways, like the, the, the pregnancy or um, the one year deferment option, I think is a, a great step. Um, like, could, could they go to a two year qualification window you know like a, like a hard rock does um i i sort of like that in that you know sure one year you chase your qualifier and the next year you can go do you know something else like you know if, if you have an athlete that wants to run you know like a nolan's 14 but if that's going to preclude them from doing a qualifier you know they, they might never get a chance to do those you know non-sanctioned activities in fkt um that sort of thing so you know maybe a a two-year qualification window but that's probably going to expand the pool of applicants and um compound the problem. Yeah. I mean, that's another big criticism is just that the, there's too much pressure on the qualifying races. Yeah. Um, 
because so, of the one year policy. Yeah, I think I think Western states has, they, they do a great job, but they've got to continue to be progressive um, mm-hmm. and got to continue to bring us forward. And I think the the uh, the, the male female ratio in particular is 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 not good. Yeah. Um, and and for them to take a stance and and kind of lead the way forward so that we get equal equal representation in, in races um, is is good. Yeah, I don't necessarily think it needs to be equal, but I just want it to be representative right. of what's yeah. currently going on. Like if we have, let's just use the number 30%. This will come out in the January edition of Ultra Running uh, magazine. It always does. But let's just say that 2019, we had overall a 35% female participation across all of the sports. I would like the 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 beacons of our sport, the people that are supposed to be at the forefront, to be more representative of that current demographic breakdown, right? And 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 certainly not disrepresented. Is that a word? Did I make that up? Dis or unrepresented? I don't know. <laughs> certainly, certainly not be so far off base of the current representation that if you looked at a Western states field and you looked at the the, the participation across all of ultra running. You would say that thing sticks out like a sore thumb. This one is this one isn't like the other. That's what I don't want to have happen. Right, and that's where I, I, I sort of think not to not to pick on Hard Rock, um, but I think the big problem with the Hard Rock lottery is is it's drastically weighted against female participation. Yeah, um, and and that's that's really unfortunate. Yeah, that, um, I, maybe I'll may, uh, maybe I'll bring on those guys. I mean, at I've, that point in time, there's no Hard Rock lottery this year, so it's yeah, hard to yeah. hard to get people enthusiastic about it. And, and that being said, I've run Hard Rock. I got in on my fourth try. I had a wonderful time, but I, I, I'm still not going to bash on the lottery in case I ever want to run it again. <laughs> All right, I think we bantered for enough right now. I think this is a great, uh, 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 a great prelude to bringing on Western States uh, Race Director Craig Thornley. Really looking forward to that conversation. I'm going to have it in a couple of days. We're going to re- release both of these podcasts. In fairly close proximity, hopefully back to back if I can get all the editing done on two days. Looking forward to it, Adam. Thank you for your time. My pleasure. Thank you for being a kick-ass coach, by the way, too. I'm, I'm, I'm trying. You're the only coach that got an athlete successfully through the lottery. Well, as we've already determined, it doesn't matter who your coach is. The lottery doesn't care. It's like the honey badger. That's exactly, exactly right. Adam, uh, where can people reach you on social media? Um, you can find me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Coach Adam St. Pierre. Um, you can find me on, on Facebook. I'm just Adam St. Pierre. Um, or you can go to, uh, the, the website and, and look at the ultra running coaches. And, and I've got some pictures there. If you want to see what I look like. All cross country skiing this time of year. Well, a little cross country skiing, a little schemo, um, still yeah. some, still some running going on in some parts of the country. Sweet. Adam, <laughs> thanks for being on, man. You're welcome. Thanks, Coop. Yeah, appreciate it. Nice of you to visit the, the Republic of Boulder. Oh, yeah. They, they let me in just barely. Welcome to our bubble. I, I, I had to prove that I had a Boston Marathon qualifier <laughs> in order to get into the city limits. You have to have a sufficient number of 26.2 stickers yeah, exactly. or, uh, or, or 140.6 exactly. stickers on the back of your car. Exactly. We lose sight of that here. Well, you are in a Subaru, so you probably you know, you got through the gates that way. <laughs> so, so in order to get into Boulder, you have to have, in order to get an automatic entry into the county of Boulder, the Republic of Boulder. The Republic. You can either have a Boston qualifier or what else? A dog named Kona. A dog named Kona or a Subaru. Those three things will automatically let you through the pearly white gates. Or if you, uh, if you, you know, take a breath test and can prove your ketogenic oh god that's another we'll we'll, we'll We'll be on here for another another hour man all right thanks man (laughs) thanks coop
Okay, what do you think, trail runners? Are you ready to start to plan your season out? You've got some inspiration and direction as to what to do if you didn't get into Western States, or maybe you didn't have any direction before. And now, after listening to Adam and myself, maybe that gives you a little bit of, you know, a little bit of push to figure out what you want to do in 2020. I always advise athletes to really pick things that they're passionate about, pick things that they have a high emotional engagement with. Because the sport, the sport of ultra running is just—it's just too darn hard to do things that you really are not, uh, that you're really not psyched and enthusiastic about. Thanks a ton to Coach Adam St. Pierre. I've always, I've always appreciated his uh, coaching framework and the feedback that he gives the rest of our coaches during our weekly continuing eds. And I think a lot of that kind of pragmatic uh, approach with coaching kind of came through uh, in this podcast. Um, he's one of several CTS coaches that I'm going to kind of, that I'm going to continue to bring on the podcast from time to time. I always enjoy, uh, our, our weekly discussions where we get to discuss a number of different topics from just things like this, things, how to things on how to handle the disappointment after a lottery process to extremely, you know, technical topics like is CBD good for athletes or heat acclimation or altitude acclimation and things like that. Um, so anyway, you guys can look forward to those future episodes with more of our coaches. Uh, if you like this podcast, go ahead and subscribe, give it a five star rating on iTunes. And I'd be remiss if I didn't mention we are running a coaching special this month. Yeah, that's right. A coaching special for our CTS coaches, just like Adam. If you go to the website, trainright.com and check out our coaching packages there, if you decide that one of them suits your needs. You've got your season laid out and you want some professional guidance to really perform at your best. You can enter the code COOPCAST, all caps, COOPCAST, and we'll waive your registration fees. We've got a coaching package and price point for just about everybody. So go ahead, check it out, trainright.com. That's really the only thing that I try to get out of this podcast is I want people to get exposed to our coaches and get exposed to CTS coaching. As I mentioned in episode zero with Billy Yang, I'm not taking a dime from any sponsors or advertisers or anything like that. And I do that in order to really keep the information that uh, is flowing throughout the, the Coopcast to be really as, you know, just unbi as unbiased and as authentic as possible. And as irony would have it, I've already had three or four companies and individuals approach me about testing their products out, advertising on the Coopcast. And I'm going to continue to say no, just like I said, no to those first few people. So... On the back end of that, if you are considering coaches, go ahead and go check us out. Or you can hit me up on social media. I can tell you what it's all about. So thank you to the listeners. And I hope to see you guys out on the trails. Thank you.